Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Yeah, so we're going to start Justin. I'm going to approach this game like I've approached the last few games. I think it's going to be a, a good opportunity for him. Moving the ball down the field and trying to score a touchdown every drive. We just want to see him play hard and play well. I'm just going to approach it like the same way. I'm just go out there and you know play my hardest. Play my hardest. It's Adams again. The connection and the touchdown. 73 yards. Here is Khalil Herbert. Look at the speed. The shot of the tackle and a touchdown. Go Bears! It's time for the Bears Nation Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka. I still think he can be serviceable enough there at left tackle. That's an upgrade. Is that an upgrade over Charles Leno? You at least can't say it's a downgrade. And Jake Hassan. They're going to get murdered out there. It's bad. Throw me through the wood chipper. I'd rather take that fate over whatever meets the Bears starting quarterback week one. Shall we play a game? Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation Podcast. Let's get it. Podcast, yeah! Geez, that was that was unbelievable. Ernie Scatton, what a guy. What a guy. That was incredible. You absolutely love to see it. August 25th, Bears Nation Podcast. It is after preseason week two. It is Wednesday. For some reason, I have had August 25th, the date. Like, I feel like I've read it a million times. I don't know why. Super weird. Makes no goddamn sense. But anyway, I digress. Further uh, programming note. Dude, Trader Joe, if you're watching this, the mini ice cream cones at Trader Joe is unbelievable. So if Trader Joe is watching this or listening to this, sponsor us. Let's do it. Let's cook, baby. All right. <clears throat> On to stuff you guys actually care about. Bears Nation podcast. And Justin Fields is your week three preseason starter. How about it? I'm ready for Kevin to be so incredibly mad on this episode. (laughs) Justin Fields is your week three preseason starter. The last preseason game generally. So remember, this is not a normal preseason. Normally, third preseason game, you'd see most of the starters for the most amount of time. Not the case. All the starters are sitting. Justin Fields is starting the game, which cements Andy Dalton as Uh, your week one starter. uh, on Sunday night football against the Los Angeles Rams. Woo! I mean, oh, you're excited? You're excited? No, okay. that was okay. the most. No, of course not. You won. You were right. All right. I give you all the kudos. I was right last year about the quarterback situation in the offseason. Jake takes the crown for 2021. Hopefully, we don't have to have this debate for another 15 years. Okay. That would be nice. But knowing the Bears franchise, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lock anything in. But I look, so yeah, I'm going to rant because this is goddamn ridiculous right here, man. I mean, for, for like, oh my God, A- after everything, we, we don't even, there's not even, they don't both don't even play in preseason game three. Is this, was this ever even a competition? Cause honestly, looking back at it, I don't even know if it was Jake. I don't even know what it was. And the reason that this makes me so upset is, is you tell me why Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. Oh, they can all play with the ones. They they can all go out and play with the with the starters. Well, we know, well, we know why Trevor Lawrence oh. and Zach Wilson played with the ones. Sure, sure. Because there was no one else in the but, building. But yeah, that's true. But it's just the stupidest reasoning in the world. And I know he's yes. I, I I hope I hope some ones will play with Justin Fields. If he doesn't play behind the starting offensive line in preseason game three, mm. I, I oh, oh this is going to be even. More heated next Wednesday. Because I think he's going to get. The, go ahead. I'm going to let you finish no, your rant before he's, I. Address. He's going to. He has to get at least one series with Mustafer 
white hair, Daniels, Peters, and uh, Effetti. He has to get one. And if he doesn't get one, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm I'm ripping Matt Nagy's head off because I'm saying, first of all, what the hell? I'm not getting a fair shake. I'm looking at San Francisco where Jimmy Garoppolo is a better option than Andy Dalton and Trey Lance is getting all the opportunities he can get with the ones. And then I'm looking at New England and I'm seeing Mac Jones, who's significantly less capable than Justin Fields and Cam Newton's better than Andy Dalton. And he's getting reps with the ones. But Justin Fields is not allowed. He's prohibited from, from taking any reps with Allen Robinson or the starting offensive line. And then he goes out there in quarter three with guys who will be cut from the team a week from now and nearly gets decapitated. I mean, think, I mean, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm livid. And I know he went on the mic and he said, oh, dude, this is the plan. And I'm going to trust Nagy. Dude, I'm pissed off if I'm Justin Fields because it makes no goddamn sense. And there's people who are going to say, well, you know, uh, Nagy promised Dalton the starting job in April before the draft. And now he's just, he's sticking to his word. He's sticking to his word, right? Good man, sticking to his word. Since when do promises freaking matter in the NFL? This is the goddamn NFL we're talking about. A damn pinky promise that happened in Matt Nagy's <laughs> office in March should mean nothing. This is about winning football games and doing what's best for your franchise. This is a cutthroat league, Jake. We know this. They're treating it like it's kindergarten. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to the pinky promise I made. I mean, come on. Like it's 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 ridiculous. I mean. I, 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 it's the fact, I think it, it aggravates me the most. The fact that in preseason game two, which we're going to dissect further, he did not get one series with the starting offense. Not one, not one, Jake. Does that anger you? Like it angers me. I mean, it doesn't anger me per se, but so a couple things as I generally want to address things that Kevin says in his opening rant on most episodes. Um, I do. I don't. I wouldn't count on getting the full offensive line. You're going to get Peters and you're going to get Fetty for sure, just because of the okay. pure fact they need the reps yeah. and yeah. they like they that is a dire need for them to have the reps and in game reps. So you can't just throw them in against the Rams. That's not going to happen. So you'll see those two a little bit at least for sure. I imagine you'll see Daniels because he also is coming off an injury. Yeah. He only got you know the last preseason game. Preseason game was his only one, so I'm sure he'll get some reps too. I don't think there'll be a lot. Um, as for you know, as for Whitehair and Moostfer, that could go either way. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you will. I'm not as confident in that. But I think you could get three out of five. I, I mean, I think that's something. You get sixty percent of the line. Um, as far as Justin Fields ripping Matt Nagy's head off and being upset, that's not going to happen. Zero no, chance. No, obviously, negative four percent chance of that happening. He already has been saying, "I think the fans <laughs> should cheer Andy. I think they should oh, yeah. support whoever's out there. I trusted Matt Nagy's plan. Whatever it is, is what it is." So on and so forth. But also, if you're Justin Fields, there is no reason for you to go put your neck out there. Say, "I need to be out there. I can be." All you have to do, because we know sooner rather than later. Andy Dalton is not going to play up to snuff. He's not going to play up to scratch. And Justin Fields is going to go in that game. So if you're Justin Fields, you sit there, you take it easy, you take it slow, you hold that clipboard until you, it might be the second half of the opening of opening night. But more than likely, because you know if they don't bench Andy Dalton during the game in week one, you know the week two Andy Dalton revenge game versus the Bengals hotlines oh are going to write themselves. So they're definitely no, going to give him that one. No, so won't. you're Justin Fields. You wait till week three. You sit there. You say, all right, I'll wait till week three against a beatable Browns team. I'll sit there and I'll wait for my number to be called. And I know that as soon as I step on that field, I'm going to feel the players get behind me. The team, the 
fans get behind me. I'm just going to feel that momentum. So I'll sit here. I'll wait. I'll let the pressure build for them to put me out into that game rather than say, I need to be the guy and put the pressure on myself and make statements when people already want you out there. Let them do the talking for you. You can sit there and say all the right things so that you keep you know peace within the locker room. And there you go. You, you, like, you're just feels. You don't have to do a damn thing. Uh, well, peace in the locker thing. room. See, this is where I misunderstood. Is peace in the locker room. If I'm a player and I'm not Justin Fields or Andy Dalton, like I'm looking at this situation like, what the hell? Like It's clearly evident sure, what's best for the football team. I'm sure there's not, some Andy guys. I'm sure no, there's, there's some look, Andy guys. No one, I guarantee you, no one in that locker room is – is has animosity towards Andy Dalton. They have no reason to have. He's a great guy, right. great teammate. But I, I'm sure, I'm sure there are guys who are like, all right, well, Andy Dalton is the veteran. Let's give him the. You know, I, I guarantee I you, I guarantee you that there are guys, especially like old school veteran guys, like like a Jason Peters, who are like, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's let the kids sit for a little bit. I guarantee, like that's the more likely. I don't obviously, I don't want to make any guarantees because we're not in that locker room, but like. There's definitely Andy guys in there. Now, I don't know what the split is. It could be 90-10 Justin Fields, but I'm sure there are some Andy Dalton supporters in that locker room saying, yeah, at least give him a shot. He's the veteran. He deserves that right. So that's all I'm saying there. Yeah, you may be right, and I don't think there's an actual argument going on in the locker room that they're you know, you know, know, pulling at each other about who should be the starter. They're probably not having those conversations. But one other thing that Matt Nagy said that really bothered me was, you know, we have to see him in the regular season. We have to see him play. Do we? Do we? What are you talking about? What do you mean? This guy's played in the league for what, 12, 13 years? I don't even know. I mean, he hasn't had a winning season in three years. What do we have to, what is there to see? Like, again, like, what do we owe Andy Dalton? This isn't a player who's been with the franchise for 11 years. This is one of his last years. He's done so much for the organization, for the city. We owe it to him to give him one last shot before the new rookie quarterback takes over. That's not Jay Cutler. It's not Jay Culler. It's not this situation. Like, I don't. I just don't understand what allegiance there is because that that seems to be all it is. Like, I, I think Matt Nagy at this point, hope recognizes that Justin Fields is the better quarterback. That Justin Fields does a heck of a lot more for his offense and what he wants to do than Andy Dalton does, and that was evident in both games. Although Matt Nagy's play calling wasn't great in preseason game two, it's clearly evident that you can do more with Justin Fields. But all of those things, and I think. Again, like the offensive line thing, like it's, 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 we still have to see. And that's why I want to see him play behind the offensive line is, you know, if you're really worried about that, let's not have that conversation. Let's just see what happens on Saturday against the Titans. Let's see if he, you know, holds up with that first unit offensive line. That's why I want to see that. But other than that, like, it's really just this blind allegiance that is, that is causing this, this naming of Andy Dalton to be the starter. And that's, what's so frustrating is like, we're not making football decisions here. We're not making smart team decisions here. I mean, you can maybe not even, I don't, I've never, you know, this for the past four months, I've never been on the argument that you're making a a future decision about, you know, Justin Fields, future career trajectory, because he's not starting week one, but obviously I'm going to squash that by saying, if he gets, if Andy Dalton gets removed in the first half of the game one, then what the hell are we even doing? What, like just start him right away. So I does that make any sense to you? What do we owe to Andy freaking Dalton? Why why do we have to see him? The Niners don't have to see Jimmy Garoppolo. They know what his limitations are. They're ready to use their guy who's going to make them a better team. Why? Oh, I know why, Jake. I know why. <laughs> why are the Patriots doing it? Because Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan are a heck of a lot smarter than Matt Nagy. And they're not stupid and they're not idiots and they don't make stupid promises to quarterbacks. They know that this is a this is the National Football League and the guy who's the better player is going to play and the guy who's going to help your team win is going to play. 
They understand that. Matt Nagy doesn't. That's the fundamental difference, honestly. No, I mean, and here's the thing, though. I would venture to say that this isn't a Matt Nagy decision as far as that pinky promise goes, as far as that, hey, that, you know, wink, wink, handshake deal goes. Like, this, we know how this ownership runs. We know how that big fat stooge Ted Phillips runs things. It, it could be them saying, hey, leaning, leaning on Matt Nagy saying, hey, you got to start Andy Dalton. And what? Why? Because, they, like you said, they made some stupid pinky promise, you know, keep their word type of deal. Where they're like, all right, we're gonna start you week one, and now that you know, I like this has this reeks of Ted Phillips, me reeks of him being like, yeah, well, you know, we, you know, we made a promise to Andy, so I don't know why I just gave Ted Phillips a southern accent, but you know, yeah. we made a promise to Andy, so we told him he was gonna be our week one starting quarterback, and that's why we named him QB one, and. You know, so we're going to give him that opportunity and we have to respect that and we have to put, you know, our word to it. We can't go back on our word, blah, 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 stuff it, Ted Phillips. Like it's, it just reeks of him. But that's like, it it does. Sure. It it is embarrassing. No, you're right. It's It's embarrassing. It's, it's embarrassing at any level, whether it's Ted Phillips, George McCaskey, whether it's, you know, whoever it may be, it's embarrassing that this is actually how the franchise operates because Mm -hmm. like, I don't think anyone can sit here like with a straight face and tell you that Andy Dalton's the best option for this team. And Andy Dalton's the best option for week one against the Rams. Not one person can tell you that. So obviously there's, there's other little things going on that are dictating this decision. And it's just, it's not football related. And that's, and that's, what's frustrating. That's what's frustrating is, you know, bears fans, like every fan wants to see their team win. Every fan wants to see, obviously their star quarterback go out there. And in certain situations, it's not the right time because the team isn't good enough. The team, uh, you know, it's just not prepared. The quarterback's not prepared, but we've already talked about the fact that this team can win football games against any team in the league on any given Sunday. We saw that last year. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. Sure. They lose to some bad teams, but they beat some good teams too. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's frustrating. And, and the other thing too, was the, what the report said was they're going to wait until Andy Dalton starts to lose. When Andy Dalton starts to lose is when Justin Fields right. goes in. So, We've already established that they are sacrificing losses for what? They're sacrificing losses just to owe something to Andy Dalton. You're sacrificing, you know, the value of your team. And that's again, like if players understand that, I'm saying, what the actual hell are you doing? Like I'm I'm busting my ass every day at practice. I, I put my body on the line every single Sunday, and I'm just sacrificing that for Andy Dalton to throw three interceptions and 112 yards. Like I don't it's it's the most random so number, specific. but um, like now that I think about it, like that's a perfect number for Sunday night against the Rams. 112. I love that number. That's so specific. Lock it in. No, Lock you're it right. in. And, and even if even if putting Fields in the game in the second half is on the table, I mean, like I said this last week, it's going to be so Bears for them to be down two scores or, or 17 points, three scores or something. And it, it, they're going to be down. They're going to be down like 17 points going in, like going into the half. They're going to come out. Justin Fields is going to lead them all the way back. And it's going to be a two point conversion that they just, that they just miss. And that's how they're going to lose. Hopefully if that's what happens, hopefully, you know, that's the only loss that we have to endure from the Andy Dalton experience. And then we can move on with our lives more than likely, yeah. like more than likely, like I said, you're going to lose that Rams game. And then the Andy Dalton revenge game versus Cincinnati headlines are going to write themselves. And they're going to say some crap 
like, well, we want to give Andy a chance to redeem himself after last week. He know it was, God, this would be so many. He knows he didn't play good enough. We know he didn't play good enough, but we're going to go and we're going to face Cincinnati, his old team. There's some blood there. And Andy wants to play well. He's driven to play well this week and bounce back and get our team a win. So, so many. I can hear it in my head now. And oh, we're going to come on this podcast and we are going to just rip our damn hair out over that clip because we're going to play it and we're going to get so mad. And then we're going to go into week two with Andy Dalton. And then he's probably going to win that game too, because Joe Burrow's working his way back slowly. And since Andy's just not a good team. And then we're going to get a third week of Andy Dalton. And finally, probably against the Browns is when it changes. Probably, maybe who knows? I might be wrong there too. Nobody knows. That's the thing. They're, they just keep Saying, remember a couple weeks ago we were saying, well, we haven't heard them commit to Andy Dalton for a couple weeks. It's back and it sucks. Yeah, and 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 as you talk about like these games coming up and, and like what you know may happen, the standard has to be extreme. Like the the bar has to be the lowest it could possibly or the highest it could possibly. Well, what what am I trying? Because I'm 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 trying, I don't to, know what you're what going I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, listen, listen, listen. You go back to last year, right? Mitch Trubisky wins two games. They're down at the half in week three. He gets pulled. I want the same treatment to Andy Dalton. I want the same exact treatment. I don't care if you win the first two games. If you start to falter in week three, you're gone. Get out of here. Because that's the same exact way that Mitch Trubisky was treated last year. It's the same exact situation. Um, and that standard has to be the same. It has to be exactly the same. And I don't know why, I don't know why it wouldn't, quite frankly. But for some reason, I do have this, you know, I, I don't want to believe that this is the case, but I do have this weird fear that Matt Nagy's far more committed to Andy Dalton and will trudge through the mud for him even if he starts to play poorly. I'm I'm afraid of that scenario after him doubling down and him obviously being stupid and blind enough to to continue to say Andy Dalton's the best option for this team. So I Bubba 182 says, don't worry about Dalton. He will be on the IL by week four. I mean, it's quite it's quite possible. I mean, I like that is also another situation that you never ever want to happen, but Andy Dalton goes down, Justin Fields comes in, the rest is history. That's what happened to Justin Herbert and Tyrod Taylor in LA last year. Like, that's a great comparison to make was the Chargers were dumb, I guess, in hindsight for starting Tyrod Taylor week one. Well, uh, no, it wasn't. It he, wasn't that it, not every day do you have a trainer puncture your starting quarterback's okay, lung. That doesn't, not every day does that happen. Not even every year does that happen. Not every five years, <laughs> 10 years does that happen. That was so, so weird. That man. was just blatant mismanagement by the Chargers. But to your point about Matt Nagy being more committed to Dalton, I, I want to go back to this, this reeks of have, of Ted Phillips and his fingerprints being all over it and the upper management. So if it's truly not a Matt Nagy decision and he's starting Dalton because he's getting pressure from up top to do that, which who knows, I did, that's speculation on our part, on my part specifically, but maybe, and we know Matt Nagy, he, the ship had sailed on Mitch Trubisky by the time the first snap of week one had been taken last year the ship had yeah. Matt Nagy was out on Mitch Trubisky he begrudgingly put him in because the narrative was there for him to have a bounce back and break out and finally become the quarterback we thought and he was the more athletic guy blah 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 so on and so forth and then the first chance he got Matt Nagy pulled him so now hopefully maybe Matt Nagy's like all right I'm being pressured to start Dalton blah blah I'm gonna start him and then first mistake bang same thing He's gone. Maybe that happens. Maybe maybe we see Justin Fields in the first quarter of week one. I don't know. It's just such a weird situation because you're right. Justin Fields is clearly the better option here. 
and we're not seeing him right away because of whatever behind the scenes stuff is going on. But we don't know if how much we don't know how much uh, influence Matt Nagy has over this situation. We don't know how much he doesn't. Right. We don't know who has their hands in this or where. So that's also an influence. We if this is a Matt, I mean, you want to believe that Nagy knows Justin is the guy. But I mean, we've seen. I don't know. We, yeah, we've seen uh, things and poor decisions like that be made before. So yeah, and and look, if I in an in an alternate universe where this was a football decision, um, you know, he does have influence, and the place where he has influence is giving your damn rookie quarterback an opportunity to see what he can do in live game action with the starting offensive line and with players like a even a Jameer Bird who wasn't even in the game. Like that's a guy who's not even really on the first team. He's on the second team offense. I don't think he saw a snap at Justin Fields. Um, you know, he, even maybe a Darnell Mooney for a few plays or something, you know, get it. And some offensive linemen and try, you look back try. at the preseason game, try. And it, the, the opportunity was there. You know, mm-hmm. Andy Dalton throws a 73 yard touchdown to Rodney Adams. Great throw, but a better catch by Rodney Adams off the helmet of the defender runs the rest of the way for a 73 yard touchdown. Unbelievable play. At that moment, I said, okay, sit him down. Good. You know, he he had some terrible drives. He had one good drive. That's fine. That's enough. You have eight minutes now left in the second quarter to see what Justin can do against not only not only with the um not only with the Bears, you know, first and second stringers, but also against the Bills, you know, uh second string defense and, and a few first stringers on defense. You know, see what he can do against a good defense as well. But they trot they they trot right, right back out Andy Dalton and for what I mean they didn't score they didn't score uh, I think they punted it away and then Andy Dalton threw a pick to end the half so for what I mean you didn't even give him a chance you didn't even give it an opportunity and not and, and like again I don't know if anything would have changed if, if he played those final eight minutes of the second quarter right. with the starting offensive line but there were people who were worried after last game because they said, you know, oh, he didn't look that good because the offensive line was crumbling and, and, and there was questions. Now he didn't look as good as preseason game one. Well, you have to be fair. He didn't get the fair shake with the right players. He's throwing to guys who are dropping balls every single play. He's getting decapitated off the edge because no one knows what the hell is going on. Guys are missing blocks. He's running for his life. It just was illogical to me. And that frustrated me that he did not get those opportunities because again, like I said, I'll keep coming back to this. Every other quarterback and every other team who's a rookie is getting those opportunities. And tell me why on God's green earth, Justin Fields should not get those opportunities as well. So did that, like did that in itself, do you think that would have made a difference? Honestly, if he did play and you see what he was capable of with those players, those first and second stringers, would that have made a difference? It would have had to be like an act of God performance from Justin Fields in those eight minutes. Like he would have had to score two, three touchdowns had been per- like 15 for 15 on passing, which I mean, who's to say that wouldn't have happened obviously, but it would have been, had to have been an astounding performance because they did not waste any time saying that Justin Fields was starting week three and basically naming Andy Dalton, the week one starter after the game, you know, it's Wednesday. This came out what Monday, <laughs> the next day, like it, they wasted no time. It's, like they were, and I've been saying this all off season. They wanted, they knew this was going to be it. Like they've been slow playing it and, you know, kind of dragging us along. But I always thought it was going to be Andy Dalton because of this weird commitment and the stubbornness to starting yeah. him. So, yeah, I mean, it, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously Justin Fields is probably going to play well uh, in this upcoming game to to finalize the preseason before we head into the regular season. But I mean, it is what it is at this point. I mean, here we are with Andy Dalton. And to answer uh, Bubba's question, 
Would you rather have Rosen or Dalton? Dalton. I would rather have Dalton 10 times out of 10. To quote Stephen A. Smith, Josh Rosen, this dude can't play. He's a bona fide scrub. This dude cannot play. He's been cut a billion times from a billion practice squads. That doesn't happen in the NFL for a young quarterback if you can play at least a little bit. This dude cannot play. He stinks out loud. This man just is not an NFL quarterback. So I would absolutely take the crippled, broken down body of the ghost of Andy Dalton because Josh Rosen, clearly there is something there that that man yeah. cannot stick on an NFL roster, even on a practice squad. So I would not touch Josh Rosen with a 20-foot long stick. So that is my you answer to that I. question. I, I, I'll probably agree with you. I just don't know. Bubba182 on Twitch chat. If you guys are listening to this in the podcast, come join us on Twitch next week, live at uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time. But anyway, I don't, where the hell did Josh Rosen come from? Why why is he? Because he just, he just got cut by the 49ers like three days ago. Oh, Again, oh, for the okay. billionth time in his career. Right, okay, okay. There you go. Um, I just thought that was funny. But I don't, look, here, I'm going to... You know what? I'm the optimist, right? Let me let me spit some optimism and and let's let's spin this positive. I'm gonna give you a scenario here, a wonderful scenario. It's gonna happen, Jake. It's gonna happen, right? Justin Fields is gonna go out week three against the Titans. Um, for some reason, Andy Dalton doesn't play, but some of the starters do. Darnell Mooney gets out there. Week, oh, the, week, preseason week, week three. Preseason week three. Um, the rest of the offensive line gets out there. Maybe Cole Komet gets some time. Jimmy Graham was out there last week. Maybe he comes out. Um. Justin Fields lights it up for 250 yards and three touchdowns and maybe a rushing touchdown too. There, there, uh, Kevin, there's and, nothing he and, can do to win the job. There's and, and Matt Nagy says, and, and someone hits Matt Nagy with a hammer out of his senses. He, he does like one of those little anime cartoon shakes where he's like, he comes into his senses and uh, the night before Sunday night, which would be Saturday night, he, he names Justin Fields a starter. Look, there's 0% chance this happens, Jay, but – because of my reputation on this show, because of my reputation on the show, I had to I had to give that for the fans who are like me, who want to have a reason to be happy in this dark and cruel world. So that is that is my. You can be happy. You still have <laughs> Justin Fields is still on this team. You're still gonna see him this year. You can be happy. It's just you're not. That you're is. gonna be very frustrated for a couple weeks. That's all. And we're used to I that. Be frustrated. Well, well, you're a Bears fan, so you're used to it anyway. So let's just stop I'm acting like, like, well, you're going to not have to deal with it after a couple weeks. You just have to get through huh. a couple more weeks, and then you <sighs> are golden, probably. Because even if in your cartoon fantasy scenario that Matt Nagy is, you know, gets his head cracked open and inside is sprinkled a little Justin Fields magic, what's going to happen is Ted Phillips is going to sneak down into his office while he's sleeping and stick an H back in his ear and suck those thoughts right out of his brain. Like, it's just... Even like there's no conceivable or, or not even non-conceivable scenario where Justin Fields starts week one. It's over. It's signed, sealed, delivered. There's <laughs> no shot. It's oh not going to happen. So let's just admit and come to terms with the fact that we have to see Andy Dalton for at least one week, probably multiple. It's going to happen. We're Bears fans. We're going to suffer. Hey, that's what the extra week in the season is for. It balances out the week of Andy Dalton. Oh, we have. There we go. Yo, it's perfectly okay. fine. Everything's going to be fine. I promise you. Yes, it sucks sacrificing losses for Andy Dalton to start, but people like teams sacrifice losses for stupid reasons every single year. We sacrifice multiple wins probably to play Nick Foles last year. It happens. Whatever. We're used to it. It's going to happen for three to four weeks. Then once October rolls around, we're going to be talking about how we can't wait for Justin Fields' first start. It'll be fine. We're all going to get this. Hey, we're all going to get through this together. 
It's going to be fine. All of us, me, Kevin, everyone, we're going to come together. We're just going to, we're just going to be there for each other. And we're just going to look ahead to October when Justin Fields finally comes out, comes on as the starter. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a true chef's kiss moment. And then we can get on with our lives and we don't have to ever think about Andy Dalton starting in a bears uniform ever again. And that's going to be perfectly fine. And it's okay. And it's okay. That's okay that that's going to happen. Okay. Wow. You're so, a great therapist. That was well done. Anyway. I, I, I feel a thousand times better now. I'm a changed Good. man. Now let's actually talk about preseason week two. Cause Oh boy, did that defense stink? Oh, well, when you did the defense stink and, or, and, and Mitch, well, or Jake? And, what? Yes. Did the defense stink or is Mitch Trubisky the truth? No. I'm just so saying. when you allow Mitch Trubisky to come out here and throw for over 200 yards and a touchdown on you He's like, and God. just absolutely make you look foolish, um, it's not. It's bad. It's real bad. Nobody could tackle. Nobody could get after the ball. True. It looked really, True. really bad. I, I mean, the tackling, which we talked about all last year, about how Eddie Jackson again. What is this man afraid of? You are yeah. a professional football player <laughs> in the NFL. Why are you afraid of coming into contact with another human being on the football field? Why? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. But it wasn't even him. It was multiple players in the secondary. Kendall Vilder too had a missed tackle. Uh, multiple people on the defensive line. It does not make any sense. Oh, brother, does he stink? And I mean, it's preseason. They're still going to be fine. They're still going to be a top 10 yeah. defense. But Jesus, guys, against Mitch Trubisky, really? Of all guys to let dice you up like that? Why, why did I know it was going to happen? Why did I have that feeling in the back of my mind that it was going Narrative, to happen? Baby. Narrative, baby. Narrative always plays. I mean, it was it, like, oh, God. It it was it was not surprising. It hurt, and it was like a dagger to the heart to see that, but I wasn't really surprised. But yeah, I mean, like aside from it just kind of being like a funny narrative, it, it was a little bit concerning. Like I know you take preseason for what it is, but that was a, a starting defense with I think eight out of the eleven starters. Maybe Rokon Smith was not there. Um, Daniel Trevathan was not there, and I don't know who else. I think there was maybe one other. I don't know if Gibson was there or not. But anyway, what's uh, well, your full I, starting I, defense? I guess that depends if you count Desmond Trufant as a starter. Trufant as well. Yes, Trufant as well. True. Um, and that's a different conversation. We're going to talk about Kinder who I did not think looked good at all and kind of scared me. But it's it, it, it was it, it kind of typical Bears defense at the start of a game under Matt Nagy sometimes. Like uh, the past years, at least, like excluding 2018. Like they have come out flat in a number of games. Like first drive is is extremely slow guys aren't ready to play guys are flat they're not tackling they're not getting after the ball and that's what was concerning to me is that is a common theme under Matt Nagy and that is a common trend and that cannot be the case you have to start the game up with intensity you have to start the game off with fire but the other thing to add to that was you know the first few drives of that game I think they punted what three times in a row they went punt punt and fumble they went punt punt fumble um in the first 14 13 minutes of the game so punt, punt, fumble in the first 13 minutes. This is the same story, Jake, from the past two years. If you're the defense, you're saying, what the hell? I just got back to the sideline. Andy Dong goes three now, and I'm back on the field again. And now it's a preseason game in August where it's 93 degrees. You're hot as hell. You're even you're you're not going to be excited to run back out on the field. You're not going to be excited to put your body on the line in a preseason game when it's that hot, when your offense isn't doing anything for you. And this is why, like, to go back to the offense, it gets the same old shit. It's the same old shit. Like we know in the past few years, a good 
offense can help make a great defense. Like we know this and, and we have every reason to believe that. And that was evident again in preseason game two. So that's what frustrated me the most. Like those singular plays, like the, the Robert Quinn, the, I think the play you were referencing with Eddie Jackson was the Robert Quinn missed tackle. Devin Singletary bounces out to the outside and gets past Eddie Jackson for the touchdown. That's probably the primary play you were thinking about, right? When you think about Eddie yeah. Jackson's, um, to be fair on that, it was kind of weird. Singletary, broke the tackle from Robert Quinn and then someone kind of nudged him, like tried to tackle Singletary, push him to mm -hmm. the outside and kind of put him out of Eddie Jackson's reach. So I'm not going to put that entirely on Eddie Jackson, but that's a play that should not have resulted in a touchdown. And there are plenty of plays like that. I mean, it was just like Mitchell Trubisky was not throwing the ball deep. He wasn't going deep. He wasn't even in play action. He was sitting in the pocket throwing to wide open receivers in the middle of the field. Every single time there wasn't a man within five yards of the receiver. So that was concerning. But again, to kind of ease the pain and kind of, you know, take it back a step. You were missing, I would say, I don't know if you can say this for sure, but one of, if not the best player on the defense in row quantum at the guy who kind of is the most, let's say the most important piece, I would say of a defense, um, you were missing that player. So I'm not going to, you know, go too crazy about the defense, but it, it was hard not to be concerned. And Hey, and, and one more thing, good for Mitch Trubisky, honestly, good for him. He deserved that. Um, you know, when he has an offensive genius like Brian Dabble, you know, look what happens. So that's that's all I'll say. So well, um, well, that's the thing that you have to consider. And and the comment we got is that he got you know coaching as well. But the thing is, like Sean McDermott and Gable, they're offensive geniuses. Like that's their thing. They they made Josh Allen a superstar quarterback. So you know, that's that was supposed to be Matt Nagy's thing, though. That's all I'll say. That was supposed to be his thing. That's fair. That is fair. <clears throat> but I mean, here's the thing. And we mentioned it like take preseason at face value, yeah. but it's just when you can't tackle and maybe it's just that they're uninterested or maybe it's just, they don't want to get hurt and because they're usually not playing in the preseason. Right. I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess, you know, who knows week one against LA, maybe they'll be out there and they'll just be putting guys into the dirt, which would be amazing. That would be great. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not great. Um, I do want to mention a name that you did bring up, Kendall Vildor and uh, Duke Shelley as well. With Trufant out, he was away for personal reasons. Hmm. Who are you giving the edge to out of – I mean, is Vildor the guy? Is Vildor the, the slot guy? I'm assuming I, that Trufant takes the other opposite yeah, corner spot when he gets CB1, back. Yeah, CB1, Jalen Johnson, CB2, Desmond Trufant. I think CB3 should be Artie Burns, honestly. I mean, I don't I don't think either of those really? guys okay. showed me a reason. I, Artie Burns played well in this game. He had two pass deflections. He was kind of all over the place. Yeah, was he playing against lesser receivers? Sure, you can make that argument. But that, that to me, is wide open. Like, there is no solidified answer to that question right now, and there shouldn't be because Kendall Vildor did not play well. He did not play well at all. He was not, mm. you know, tied to the hip of the man he was covering, or even when he was in zone coverage, he wasn't in the right spots. It felt like Duke Shelley didn't impress me a ton. And this, the guy that we talked about a little bit, it, it, and this talk has faded, Thomas Graham Jr. I wish he was getting more time there with the ones. I think he's still, I think he made a play. He had a PD pass deflection uh, later in the game too. But I mean, why not Artie Burns? Why not Thomas Graham Jr.? I mean, like, honestly, I don't think that, we have a solidified answer at CB3 right now. And if we don't have a solidified answer, let's see what Artie Burns and Thomas Graham can do because I was not at all impressed by Kendall Voter in this game. But it was one game he played okay in preseason game one. So we'll give him another shot. But what's your answer to that question? I actually, because I actually have only read good things about Artie Burns. So, and he is, you know, a former um, first round pick. So, yeah, I guess I, because I, I'm kind of inclined to give it to Vildor too because he did play well. Last year, and he kind of sure earned it, I guess, would be the word for it. But, yeah, I guess I'd go Burns. 
my bold prediction before the season was that it'd be Graham. And that has just been, that has been uh, absolutely not true. (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah, but that could change. I think that's one of those things where you start to see if that, if that position continues to kind of be in rotation and they're just throwing guys in there week by week, which could be possible. um, He will get a shot. And, you know, I think this is going to be a big game for him. He's in game three. What can he do? He'll get a lot of time. If he shows out, you know, that, that clock kind of starts to, to, to move a little bit and he might, you know, move up to week four or five or six or something if, if he gets that opportunity, if a guy goes down or something. So I want to close the door on that. Well, and here's the thing. With Desmond Trufant's history, he probably, you know, is going to get that chance sooner rather than later. Uh, anything else on the defense that worries you or that you noticed that stood out? Um, no, I, I don't think anything else worries me really. Um, I'm not going to go that deep into it. Nothing else really from that first team defense was positive though. I can't really like Alec Ogletree didn't really have the greatest performance. Wasn't a repeat of preseason week one. The pass rush wasn't really getting up. I think that's what bothered me a little bit. The pass rush wasn't really getting after the quarterback, even with guys like Bellal Nichols. I think Akeem Hicks played a little bit. Yeah. Can't remember exactly. Um, I think Khalil Mack played a snap or two or something. Um, <clears throat> that was frustrating to not see them get after the quarterback. That's a good offensive line in Buffalo, but still that's the namesake of the Spurs defense is you're going to get after the quarterback. But other than that, no, um, th- there's not too much else to take away from me. So, all right, well then let's switch to the offense. Rodney Adams. I mean, he's roster lock. It, it, is he your third receiver? Uh, he has to be right. I guess. I mean, I don't, I, Sure. Right. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't uh, think there's anyone. No, else no, that... no. I mean, Marquis Goodwin, I think, is your technical third receiver. Like, if you were to go down the depth chart, you would see it that that be the case. But okay. Rodney Adams, like, again, I, I spoke about this earlier. Marquis Goodwin isn't really a wide receiver three, more of he is as a gadget tool who's going to come in in different, you know, positions at different times. So at this very moment, if you're talking about like pure wide receiver three is a guy who's going to be consistent at that spot. Sure, it's Rodney Adams. I have no reason to believe it's Riley Ridley. I have no reason to believe it's Javon Williams. I have no reason to believe it's anybody else because Demir Bird falls under that Marquise Goen category as well. It is Rodney Adams. He has showed out in not only preseason game two, but preseason game one as well. Guy can play, man. He can play. He's going to get his shot. So sure, lock that in. He's going to make the roster for sure. I mean, you can bet a million on that. Well, so now the the question becomes who goes? Because uh, Javon Williams or Riley Ridley then are on the chopping block. Both of them. They both should be gone. You think they're both gone? I think they're both gone. I mean, I quite frankly, I, I mean, uh, I don't know if they both can be gone. I, I don't know if they would only, I'm trying to think of who they would keep. If it was Robinson, Mooney, Adams, Bird, Goodwin, they would need to keep one more. Um, I don't know if Chris Lacey's done enough. I don't know if any of those other guys have done enough. So it, of those two, it would have to be Ridley. But quite frankly, Ridley hasn't looked that great in the preseason games either. He hasn't excited me. Uh, he excited me a little bit after week one. And after the stories we were hearing, we talked about it a few weeks yeah, ago about right. he has a great connection with Justin Fields. Haven't seen it in gameplay. Need to see it. We said, look, we need to see it in the game. It doesn't matter about what what happens in practice for him. This is his you know, third, fourth. I can't remember because no one knows. Third, fourth year in the league now. He needs to he needs to prove it now on game tape against second and third stringers that he can do it. He hasn't. So um, at this moment, sure, Ridley over whims, but I I would not be surprised if they both got cut. I wouldn't. The absolute non-attention you're giving to friend of the program, Dayson. So, looking at the projections for the the team. Correct. 
Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird, Rodney Adams, Daz Newsome yes, as the yes, last yes, two. Yes. So, I mean, if that's how it shakes out, I'm honestly kind of rooting for that. I've said this a long time. Javon Wims, I can't believe his key card worked for the building after that game against the Saints. It was so dumb that he's even been on the roster this long. I guess right. whatever, fine. You draft him, give him another shot. Riley Ridley has given you zilch, absolutely nothing. Um, he got his one compliment in training camp, like I predicted, and that was it. That's it. So, I mean, Rodney Adams, Daz Newsome, come on down. It, I mean, that wide receiver room is a little concerning, but, I mean, if you could get anything out of Goodwood and Bird, anything from the bottom four guys is really kind of be gravy because, I mean, you know what you're getting out of Robinson and Newsome, and, and not Newsome, and Mooney, and – the other four are question marks. I mean, is Goodwin going to stay healthy? What are Adams and Newsom? You haven't seen anything yeah. out of them. Obviously, we're really high on our guy, Daz. But, I mean, the rest of these guys you don't really know. And that kind of lends us back to the conversation of Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet are going to be, you know, you're basically three and four receivers because, you you know, at least they're known. At least Jimmy Graham, you know what you're getting. At least Cole Komet, you know you he can catch the ball and run with it. And you know that you want to make him a focal point at some point. But which honestly, I'm kind of okay with that. I like with, with your tight okay end being with, integrated. With your like two that? tight ends being your three and four sure. receivers. What do you think Kansas like, City if, does? If, now, here's the thing. If Darnell Mooney isn't what we think he's going to be, he will. Then you're kind then you're kind of in trouble. Well, I think he will be too. <laughs> I completely believe right. he will. But if he's not and he has a sophomore slump, then you're kind of in trouble. If if Darnell Mooney plays more like a four than a two then you're getting into some dicey areas here. So yeah. that is a little bit of a concern. But like you said, I think I think Mooney, we know what we're going to get. And also you're eventually, you think, you hope, going to get Tariq Cohen back at some point. Right, right, nice. right, right, right. That's and true. if Damian Williams is, is going to be there as kind of that receiver type back. And also, I mean, who, I mean we've been talking about it all day, you know, Justin Fields coming into our guy, into the team. We forget uh, Justin Fields' this guy, Jesse James, who right. apparently is right. a superstar when Justin Fields oh, my is playing. So, you know, you could have three legitimate tight ends out there. Yeah, you could. And and like I referenced, like Kansas City, San Francisco, Oakland does it. That There's nothing – like those guys are the best tight ends in the league, and that's why they're integrated in that way, Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that in targeting your tight end a lot because most of the times the tight end has one of the biggest mismatches on the field. So I'm not wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not upset with that. Um, I just don't know if Cole Komet's ready to be that guy yet. I mean, that is that is still I, I it, he very well could be. Not I'm not saying he's going to be in that upper echelon, but he very well could take that leap to being a top, you know, twelve ish tight end. We just haven't seen it yet because he hasn't played really in training camp. Um, but the other thing I, I I hate I forgot that I brought up didn't bring up Daz, but I think the reason why I did that is because like at this very moment, August twenty fifth, it really kind of feels like he's getting the Riley Ridley treatment. Quite frankly, yeah. I mean, and like yeah. we have heard nothing. He has not been getting the reps in preseason games. It doesn't seem like he's been getting the reps in in training camp too much, and that's concerning. Like not again, not for hit, not not like it's his fault. It's just he's not getting opportunities, and it's a it's a, it's again. What what are you doing? I mean, after we we thought that was over after last year with Darnell Mooney coming bursting out of the scenes, a fifth rounder turning into a phenomenal receiver in year one in that rookie season. We thought Daz Newsom was going to be the same way, have an impact year one. And we kind of banked on that mm -hmm. when we evaluated the wide receiver room, that's not there. And now I'm starting to think, you know, it, once Justin Fields comes in, you might need another weapon. And, and there's trade rumors or there's trade proposals going around about 
you know, Odo Beckham for Akeem Hicks, you know, those types of things. Mm. What, what kind of trades are we looking at there? I wouldn't hate it, Jake. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. I think Bleach Report put that out and was just like, this is something that's cool and it's going to start <laughs> comments and everyone's like, okay. And they got the engagement that they wanted. This is how that's, the sports media world works. That's such a gross trade. It's not that's, that gross. I would take that trade. So, that's no, so gross. I think I'd take that trade. If it Did was you not listen to, to a word that Josh Woods <laughs> said when he was on the show a couple weeks ago? I Did you not listen to it. anything that he said? About Akeem Hicks being, you know, the main guy on this defense and being the leader and the heart and soul. And we've heard for years how Akeem Hicks is the heartbeat. Akeem Hicks' agent a couple weeks ago just said that he wants to retire a bear. Like, you take Akeem Hicks off this team, you like this defense gets significantly worse. Like, go back and watch Mm. the games that Akeem Hicks was out over the last two years. It's terrible. Against uh, the game that he was out against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, where he had to exit the game because of injury. Kirk Cousins. Defense was bad. It was terrible. It was, it was so bad. Like, Odell Beckham Jr., fine. He's a phenomenal raw talent. He's a good storyline. But what has that guy done over the last three years that makes you think, yeah, that's what I want to give up the heart, soul, and motor of my defense for when you think your defense is top 10? No. Blech. Gross. Goodbye. Blech. Blech. I don't know. 2000 yard receive uh 2000 yard receiving seasons the last 3 years only 13 total touchdowns but I don't know. He didn't play last year. He played 3 games, had 3 touchdowns or he he played a little bit more than that. He had 319 yards, 3 touchdowns. Look, I I don't look, I that trade's not going to happen, so let's stop talking about it. But the, the it just popped in my mind like, yeah, they could use another weapon. And you look at the age, 28 years old, 31 years old for Akeem Hicks. I don't know. It's just something to consider, especially when you look at Justin Fields as being the franchise quarterback for a long time. You give him a piece like that, that'd be great. But it's not happening, so we don't have to worry about it. Akeem Hicks right. is extremely important to this team. Joshua Woods said Allen it. Robinson Everybody said, says it. Damn it. Extend Allen Robinson. Um, but he, as we go back to that conversation, Rodney Adams needs to step up. Somebody needs to step up. But at the same time, as I kind of go on the opposite side of that, like we have seen teams have success without that. You don't need three top wide receivers to – you know, win the Super Bowl. Did the Buccaneers do it? Yes, they did. And they have the formula of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Scotty Miller, all the guys over there. Um, Antonio Brown is the name I was forgetting. Antonio Brown, that's one of the arguably the best receiver core in the league. But look at the team that they played. After Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who is it? It's Miko Hardman. It's Brian Pringle. It's, you know, a bunch of guys who can score whenever the hell they want, but they're not consistent. And you look at San Francisco, a team that made the Super Bowl years ago. I mean, who are they doing with Debo Samuel and, and a few other guys who you probably can't even remember who I can't remember. So it's not a, entirely a necessity to have three consistent top wide receivers like that. You know what I mean? So I, I just kind of I, I wouldn't be as worried about that as maybe I was about two minutes ago. So that that I just did that for myself there. Kind of made me think <laughs> twice. Um, so no, I can for Odo. No, Jesus Christ, no. Um, speaking of though, these positions of worry, I mean, we kind of addressed the cornerback position, and it looks like it's going to be Burns and Vildor, assuming depending on Trufant and his situation. But offensive line is something we've been talking about a lot, and actually the Bears have a decision to make coming up. When mm. the final 53 roster finalization happens after the third preseason game, we're going to find out if they expect Tevin Jenkins back at all or not. Because if they put him on IR right away, oh, yeah. that's it. It's over. I mean, you're not seeing him until next year. 
if they put him on the initial 53 and then they put him on IR, there's a chance they see, you know, we see him. Granted, even without this whole Tevin Jenkins situation, and I said this at the beginning of the show, you're probably going to see Peters and Effetti play this week because they just need the reps and they haven't been playing. They haven't been practicing. They just need the raw reps in general. It's a numbers game. You know, you, you said last week you were you were kind of on your soapbox for Jermaine Effetti a little bit. You were uh, you, you were defending him and, you know, a, a little bit. And then I kind of went back and I read a couple things, <clears throat> read a couple athletic pieces, read a couple uh, pieces from around the internet from our friend Adam Hogue too. And I actually didn't realize kind of the numbers compared to his time with the Seahawks that it was mm-hmm. like over the last half of the season. He actually wasn't that bad. So I, I hate to admit it, but Kevin uh, was right. Yes. Kevin was right, which it, oh, makes me sick this to say. Is, oh, this is my favorite. But, yeah, this <laughs> – you're writing it down, aren't you? <laughs> oh, I love this. You're writing it down. All right, well, I'm not going to say it again, but that gives me a little bit more hope for this offensive line. Now it kind of just depends on Peters. He, Yeah, he was good with the Eagles Super Bowl run four years ago. He was 35. Now he's 39. He was saying he could still play. He was saying yeah. he's still an elite athlete. I'm, I like the confidence. I'm glad he has that confidence in himself. The only thing that makes me feel a little bit better – about the Jason Peters situation, because like I said last week, there was a reason he was unemployed. There was a reason he was fishing yes. in a creek when he got the call to come play. Um, granted, Juan Castillo is what is the guy that made him kind of good again a few years back. Said, "All right, yeah, Jason, we just had to get him to square up and you know face his on co- the, his opponent on the other side, and he started right. playing better." So if there, if it's as simple as that, awesome, and you could stay healthy, great. But also, furthermore. There's a lot of Larry Borum love coming out of camp and, yeah, and coming out of these good. games. Like a lot of Larry Borum love, you know, the, your fifth round tackle that you took who you thought would be the right tackle of the future, maybe. I everything you read, and even he passes the eye test, you Looks might good. have a future, you know, if you have to move Tevin Jenkins back to right tackle because that's where he played off college and that's where he was dominant. I, I'm not gonna complain. You know, if Jason Peters goes down and you know. It, it, obviously, we never advocate for injuries anywhere, but if Larry Borm could come in and solidify himself, even if it's the last few games of the year, as like a guy you could count on for the future, that's going to help you infinitely going forward over the next few years. They have a cheap, under-control rookie offensive lineman that can play tackle very capably, very well, in above-average position. 1,000%, that'll set you up for years. Yeah, you're 100% right. And they were highlighting that on the broadcast. I don't know if you noticed, like mm-hmm. they kept kind of taking a look at Larry Borum, focusing in on him uh, on some of the, the plays where the protection was clean and he was holding his own. And again, yes, he's going against those third stringers and whatnot, <laughs> but he was, he, he looked good. And mm-hmm. for some reason, maybe Matt, you know, Matt Nagy has a knack for finding players, or Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace has a knack for finding players in the later rounds. And that, and that includes offensive linemen. You look at how good Sam Mustafa and Alex Bars were last year as undrafted players mm-hmm. in the past. Now, Larry Borum is a fifth rounder. I mean, I guess Arlington Hamber and Lachavius Simmons haven't really lived up to expectations, you could say, but um, that Larry Borum was two rounds higher than those guys. You know, I, I, I think that is not outrageous to assume he could get some serious time there this year. Um, if, if anything goes, if anything goes wrong with Jason Peters, or if he's just not playing well enough, it's like, what do you have to lose? So, um, 
I, I, I'm a thousand percent glad you brought that up because also the ripple effect it could have on the line in the future with Tevin Jenkins. That is a very, very important point to consider. But also you kind of popped into my mind that that whole IR situation with, with Tevin Jenkins, do they value that extra roster spot? Is there a position group where they say, look, we really need an extra roster spot here. And for that case, we're just on the safe side, going to put Tevin Jenkins on the IR and leave him out for the season okay, he's gone. We get to add another roster spot because we didn't expect him to come back anyway. I, that could be a scenario. I mean, this roster is loaded in certain places. Um, the running back room kind of is the one that pops into my mind, especially when you look at the way Khalil Herbert played, but also Artavis Pierce is still a guy who I think is really capable. CJ Marable didn't look great. Uh, Ryan Nall, I think, was out. Didn't really get much time. He didn't have a single carry. So he, played, I he, played. he played a long snapper. Oh, he played it long. Did he? Did he play it long? Or was that a, it was in practice. practice. That was practice. Was practice. I'm that was yeah. practice. I'm remembering that. So, like, if you look at that running Some, back room, somehow, some way, Ryan Nall yeah. is going to find a way out of this roster. Damn it! <laughs> so, you're goddamn right. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how, but it's it's. Oh, God. Uh, I, yeah, he. That's your exact. It's going to be. The, he's going to be long snapper. He'll be. Um, I don't, the the backup special teams? I don't know yeah. special teams I don't know but no seriously like look at the running back room I mean they usually carry four right four guys I would say typically yeah. is the case David Montgomery one Tariq Cohen two Damian Williams three let's say Khalil Herbert four at the moment Artavis Pierce yeah. five I mean that's five guys that I think all should make the roster maybe that's just one position group that they say look we need that extra roster spot for that sake if it's that important to them Tevin Jenkins we're going to put you on AR because we don't think we really well, don't realistically think it's possible you're going to come back this year and we can get more into this next week, but I think yes. if they were going to try and save a, you know, create a new roster, but I think it'd be on the defense because you're going to have to keep a lot of uh, defensive backs. So, yeah, um, I was anyway. thinking about that too. I but know. I mean, we could, Safety's I mean, we too. could, yeah, right. I just threw them all at defensive backs, but you know, last five minutes here. Uh, I mean, what, what's obviously all eyes are going to be on Justin Fields uh, this weekend against yeah. Tennessee, but I mean, there's a couple guys on this roster who could use a big day. And, I mean, Javon, most of the receivers are one of them. Justin Fields, obviously, we expect him to play well and kind of show what he can do. But, I mean, these offensive linemen, I mean, I, I think when you're looking at who needs to have a big day, I mean, positions that you're going to watch, I mean, at the top of the list, I think, is Rodney Adams, Javon Wims, Riley yep. Ridley. I mean, those are the biggest ones. I think probably some of these defensive backs, Artie Burns, Kendall Vildor, um, Thomas Graham. Like there's guys that are coming up here that, you know, it's the last preseason game and people are going to be like, hey, you know, there's really nothing to watch. You know, blah, blah, blah. People are going to put it on as the background noise probably. But I mean, there's going to be position battles that are going to be decided on Saturday. Oh, there will be many. I mean, like every year it happens and we, we seem oblivious to it, but there's going to be a surprise cut. There's going to be a surprise cut. There's going to I expected cut who's going to get cut. There's going to be a guy who we did not expect to make the team who's going to make the team. And sometimes it's just, it, all it takes is one play. It takes one play to show out in preseason game three. And that's all the fran- that's all the coaching staff needed to, to push it over the edge and name your starter. So players I look at who need to have a big day, Duke Shelley. He's listed right now on defense as the third right side cornerback. If he does not have a good day, he's gone. Cut. Snap, snap. Goodbye. Um, you know, other guys who kind of like, I'm just going to kind of start a little bit deeper. 
James Waters, I don't know if he's going to make the team. He has mm -hmm. to play well. Our guy Josh Woods has to play well because Caleb Johnson played really well. Charles Snowden played pretty well. Both guys were the four stringers. Josh Woods, our guy needs to have a day, but they really like him in Chicago. We knew about that. Um, I think Special Joel, teams. Iggy, I think yeah. Iggy needs to have a big day. He's, he's a forgotten man. He's a forgotten man because uh, Iggy's listed as number two on the current depth chart, but Ogletria has for sure surpassed him since oh, yeah. the last one came out. Um, and now you look at the offensive side of the ball. Let's let's just you know go a little bit deeper. Yeah, Javon Wims, Daz News, I'm not going to get cut, but I, I think he needs to have a day. I think he needs to have opportunities. I think he needs to get some time. I think Damon Williams needs to have a big day. He's not going to get cut either, but I think he was kind of looking for a bounce back game. He fumbled in the past game. He didn't yeah. play that well. He he can show a little bit more of what he can do. Again, he's not a guy who we're going to look at as as a cut player. Um, but just you know, for the sake of Tariq Cohen being out. You need to see a lot from Damian Williams to kind of put you know some ease on your mind that he kind of he's going to fill in that second running back role well. Um, other than that, man, I I think everything else is is pretty much um, locked in. I don't I don't want to say locked in, but other players are going to get cut. There's a lot of stuff Kyrus that is Tonga. not locked in. There's a lot of stuff that's not locked in. But I'm just kind of looking at the depth chart and I'm like, I I think I can tell if I were to make a guess about who who's going to get cut today. I think I'd get 95 percent but again that that could all change i literally just said five minutes ago guys you get <laughs> guys get cut that we don't expect it to that's why i said 95 percent 100 um who are you looking at though as we about to wrap up here i mean everyone i mean you mentioned the big ones i mean josh woods especially he's a good special teamer he's our guy uh, but you know they might only keep four inside linebackers which is you know kind of that's when the tevin jenkins situation will come into play all the receivers the receivers i think is the most interesting to me because I, I'm just interested to see who they value because you'll be able to tell from who they keep among the receivers who they value and why. Like obviously Rodney Adams, potential deep play threat that they're gonna keep and they're gonna, you know, wanna see what he has. Daz Newsom, like you said, I don't think they're gonna cut him. He kind of fell into the sixth round, but he's injured. They're gonna want to see more of what he can do. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of position battles, and the final rosters have to be in on Tuesday the 31st, so a day before we go on. And so that's going to be perfect for us because then we're going to come back here at yeah. 8 p.m. Central on twitch.tv slash Chicago for real. We're going to have another fire open, and it's going to be awesome. And then we're going to debate this roster, and we're probably going to be really mad about Justin Fields lighting it up against Tennessee and how he should be starting. And then I'm going to have to talk Kevin off the ledge again and just tell him to suck it up and deal with it for a couple weeks. And then when it. we get him in the regular season, and it'll be fine but you know there's going to be a lot to break down because there's 53 spots like kevin said there's going to be surprise cuts there's going to be guys we expect to get cut who do we don't expect to get cut who make the roster we didn't expect to make the roster so on and so forth um but it's nice that you could come out knowing that you got guys like jesse james and al gogletree who were the surprise like guys and you already know like hey all right we got some contributors here that's always nice like we said it's not a tanner gentry where it's a flash in the pan and Yes. Yeah, he's great in training camp, and then just yes. nothing happens in the game. So that's always yep. special. Um, quickly, 30 seconds to predict the Justin Fields stat line. 21 of 26, 213 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing. Okay. All right. I'm not going to make predictions like that because who knows how long he's going to play and who knows how hard the defense is going to try. But we're going to watch still because we want to see who makes this roster or not. We'll be back a week from today to break down the roster, to break down who makes it, who doesn't, to start looking ahead to the regular season because preseason will be over by the time we next talk. So catch us here, 8 p.m. at our regular time next week. Uh, that's on Twitch. 
podcast listeners, we appreciate you too. Hey, not everyone has the time. But thanks to everyone for coming through. We expect and hope we get to see you next week. Thank you for listening. And for myself and Kevin, bear down. Bear down. Let's go.